Hello everyone and welcome to Season 4, Episode 36 of the UK Cowboys Fans Podcast. My name is Graham Wilson and I have returned. I am back. <laughs> How he's, are we doing, he's guys? On that, he, he started the 21-day window on Graham coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, nice to see everybody again. Um, for those that don't know, I've... I, uh, I ended up with COVID four, four weeks ago, and the cough has never quite left me. Um, a bit like Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, never quite left. So, <laughs> Jay, how you do? Yeah, not too bad. Um, still trying to work out how we managed to win that game, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's a win's a win. Regardless of the Well, it is. Um, I mean, if, if you win... If if the Cowboys win each game by a point for the rest of the season, they'll win the Super Bowl. So put me tape Funnily enough, we're still gonna pick and win you by our way. So <laughs> we're saying a win's a win, but yeah, we're gonna absolutely roast it, no doubt. Well, this is it. I mean you can't you can't just go into the season with Cowboys yeah, colored sunglasses on. Um you know, <laughs> we're we're gonna take the rough with the smooth and if they're going to play like that during the regular season instead of the playoffs, then I'm all for that. Um, Lauren, sum up your sum up the game on Sunday um, in one paragraph, if you can. Um, well, obviously, first drive went brilliantly. Second, uh, first uh, first defensive drive as well. We held them to three and out, and then it all went downhill from there. Cavonte Turpin muffing a punt. Um, and that just kind of signaled that things weren't going to go our way. I, I thought, and thankfully we were, we, we held into the game all all the way through, and then we were able to pull it out in the end. So, DJ Dog, thank you very much for the comment. I'm I'm on the mend. I won't say I'm feeling to- totally 100% just yet, but I've got my my two star wide receivers with me tonight, CD Lamb and. Michael Gallup, so they'll 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 hopefully get me through the game. Um, can, can, I, can I be Joe Galloway instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, he 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 went out in the first game of the season, if you remember, after we'd given up two first round picks. So Jay, was this the first game in a long time where you thought we could lose this? Um, I don't know if it was. If it was that, I just, I, I, to be honest, I thought I was going to absolutely walk in that. That's maybe a, a little bit of disrespect to the Texans. And then also probably a bit of naivety on my part, just for the fact that they were a one-win team. And it's, I don't, and watching it, I just don't know if the Cowboys kind of had eyes on next week maybe and thinking, you know what, we put, 50 burger on the Colts the week before. This one's going to be a, a walk in the park. And I don't know if it was the switching of quarterbacks that threw the Cowboys off. And then as the game kind of unfolded, um, we, we, seem to, we seem to revert the type again in terms of we, we've over the last, what, maybe four or five weeks, we've seen very well balanced on offense on running. And the passing side of things, and all of a sudden we just kind of abandoned it all, and it was let's just not saying that Dak's an awful quarterback, but 
you don't want that situation where it's like, I think Big Dad's broken with, with, with 40 times. You don't want that. That's, that's not what you need. Keep it going, and, and Kellen Moore just clearly excuse me, pretty much shit the bed in the end. It was like, it was, it was like last year, the year before. It was like when, when things were going bad, he just stopped going. And, and the run game was brilliant, and that's not to say the, the passing game was, wasn't the best, but it, it was still it was effective in some ways. But why go away from what was was working well? Zeke and Pollard were turning the yard and showing the clock, and that was the best way to keep going. But, and I, I think at one point I sat with my head in my hands. I think it was when when we tried to punch it in. We on fourth down and it didn't happen. And I'm thinking, this is just, this is not going to happen. And, I, and then we, we, we got away with it. We did get away with it, I think, in the end. Um, Lauren, is this game all down to number four? Uh, you certainly, you know, he, he shows that he is a gamer. When the, when the game's on the line, it, it, it all becomes him. And, you know, the, the old saying from films like The Replacements, that, you know, winners want the ball. And, you know, he certainly wanted the ball and he was instrumental in moving that drive. I think at the same time, you know, a lot of the throws that he was making, I mean, he should be able to break break through a cover four defence that they were playing like that. Um, you know, he shouldn't, he needs to temper this aggression that he has. And he said he needs to be smarter with it as well. That, you know, it's, it's one thing being aggressive with the ball and, you know, trying to get them, fit them in there. But he's got to be smarter with where he's throwing the ball to. I'm putting it in a position so that it minimises the chances of receivers having to tip the ball, you know, inadvertently tipping the ball straight into the hands of a defender, a, a defensive back. Um, but, it, yeah, it, as, as Jamie says, it beggars belief that, you know, we start out with the run, we then go straight to pass. By the end, by the end of the first half, it was something like eleven runs and twenty-three passes. We come out with no straight runs, and then we go back to passing again. Um, you know, it there there wasn't any real continuity, and you were seeing that that you know, okay, we scored on the first two. I think it was we scored on the first two drives, um, but there in and there out, there was no consistency. We were you know, we were hurt by a lot of things. And then, you know, defensively as well. I mean, you, you, what's slightly concerning, I'd been on the the World's Team podcast with Paul on the Saturday and I'd sort of said that, you know, it'll be a sign that Houston is worried about this game, that they'll, they'll open up with lots of trick plays or something like that. Now, admittedly, I was meaning that they'd open up with a flea flicker or a bomb on the first play from scrimmage, but... Um, to go with this option QB, um, you know, and it, they they elevated him from the practice squad. He wasn't yeah, and sat their number two QB. Um, so we should have seen something like that. That you know, Driscoll is is known as being a running quarterback. Um, and we brought this guy. They brought this guy up, and you know, we should have been prepared for that because. Certainly, we're going to see a heavy dose of the option game in the next couple of weeks. So, um, 
you know, we should be working on that in practice at the moment. So um, it, it's a little bit scary that, you know, Houston had such success against us. Will we head into the news and updates? Because I think it's a busiest, it's one of the busier Tuesdays I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, let's go let's just two seconds. Gone too far. <coughs> I do excuse everybody listening on the show right there. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to burst a few eardrums tonight. I think Mike McCarthy burst a few eardrums on Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Anyway, gentlemen, where do we start? We have players coming in. We have players coming out. Let's start off with our right tackle. Ten Steele confirmed as done for the year with certainly an ACL and possibly an MCL as well. I think it's, it's, so, I think it's confirmed. But it's, is it it's both, both confirmed for both? It's a... Uh, it's a tough one. Um, an aspiring player who will hope to have, have made his fortune by now. Um, guys, what do we make of this? You, you really do. Yeah, you really do feel for him. I mean, obviously, Cowboys' front office is already in negotiations with him and was for the last couple of weeks trying to get a deal done. And, you know, um, I suppose with the benefit of hindsight, Steele's probably should have taken that. But, um, you know, you need to see how he recovers from this. Um, you know, the good thing is he should be touch wood. He should be ready to go come the start of next season training camp. Um, you know, but it it will hinder his, um, what he can do for leg strength during the year as well while he rehabs this um so ho- hopefully he can he can come back stronger next year but um you know obviously it's it's going to affect the amount of money that uh, suddenly ar- arrives in his bank account i think the worry, i think the probably the biggest worry is always what do we do now is it do we move tyler smith to, to right tackle or do we do do reduce someone else's it's just and this is no disrespect, but what we saw, Josh Lyle, I wouldn't, I would rather not have him out there. He, he did not look comfortable. Didn't look like he could take on the workload. Um, but what do you do? Do you move Tyler Smith out there just to, and to get some reps? Uh, I know it's different to left tackle, but he it, it, still gets them reps there. Do you play Peters inside or do you put Peters outside? Uh, just do. What do, what do we do? Is it's the one thing we didn't need. Is the, I mean, the line last few years has been sketchy at best with injuries, and it's like now we're pretty much nailed on to get into the playoffs. And now it's like, well, how do we get keep his quarterback off his backside? So, to Jamie's question, Lord, what what do you do? I'll give you a fr- say. I'll, I'll break out the magic ball and say that. Um, Tyron Smith isn't ready for Sunday. There's, there's your definitive answer. What, how do you line up? Um, well, I mean, that's that's going against what Jerry's already said on the radio that Tyler is going to be. Sorry, Tyron is going uh, to be playing on Sunday. 
Um, I think you've got a week of practice. Uh, Jason Peters filled in, you know, once it decided that um, Josh Ball wasn't going to do anything as, at right, right tackle. Jason Peters came in. I thought Jason Peters obviously was instrumental in that last drive as well. Um, so I think that's probably your best bet is probably play Jason Peters at uh, right tackle. Um, do, do you know, keep... Keep Tyler, if Tyron's not available, keep Tyler Smith at left tackle. Um, I don't think at the moment he's done enough to actually... I think Connor McGovern has earned the chance to play this season. You know, he, he has developed well this year. Um, I don't think he should be sitting necessarily um, and generally from seeing what you've... When Tyler Smith's been in at left, left guard... Um, it's it's he's not stood out head and shoulders above Connor McGovern, so I would keep Connor McGovern at left guard, um, and then you've got Tyron Smith at uh, left tackle, and maybe even rest Tyler Smith at the moment because you're you're also got to consider that you're probably hitting the rookie wall now that you know he's played ten ten straight games, eleven straight games, whatever, um, you know, and this is normally the the area in college football where. You'd, you've got three, four weeks off before you start the bowl game. So um, th- there is an adjustment period there that's required for rookies. See, this, so, is, this is what really frustrates me as well in terms of how owners, GMs kind of pretty much stick their oar in. Like, we all know Jerry signs the checks and this and Jerry they call it his foot. And he's come out and he's gone. Tyler's kind of, he's ready, he's going to play. That decision should not come from Jerry. That decision should come from Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff. At the end of the day, he selects, and, and yeah, an NFL kind of starting 11, however you want to play, boss has the ball, pretty much picks itself. Um, but when it comes to a, a player like Tyrus Smith coming back from injury, that should come from Mike McCarthy and sitting down with his coaches and saying, right, what's the best way to use him? The minute to, to maximise what we can get out of him, but to minimise the risk of picking up any injuries. That shouldn't come from Jerry because pretty much Jerry's come out and gone, yeah, he's going to play, which pretty much means Mike McCarthy's eyes hands are now tied. It's that's not yeah. how it should be. It's, it it just should be, it should come from the coaches. GMs do what GMs doing. Pick players, sign players, blah blah blah. Not so you don't you don't pick a starting left tackle for a a game. It's, it's down to the coaches. That's that's exactly why I, I raised the the scenario that Tyron won't play um, on mm. Sunday because I think it's a little bit convenient that your Pro Bowl left tackle is ready to play as soon as your starting right tackle goes out of the game. Um, if Tyron Smith was 100% ready to play, why didn't he have pads on Sunday? Yeah. Um, and then why, not... why the Cowboys haven't been back to a Super Bowl in, what is it, 25 years? Yeah, off the top of the head. Because, and, and no disrespect to him, uh, great, great brand building on all that kind of stuff off the field. But when, uh, leave, leave the football side to football people and, you know, and, and 
if he keeps getting involved, then we're still we're going to be mediocre for God knows how long, and we're going to waste people like Dak and Zeke and Trayvon Diggs and, and you know what I mean, just to name a few. And it's just like, and I think that's why when you and I know he's kind of going on a bit of a tangent here. He's like people like Jason Garrett, yes men, no. You know what I mean? Like, would shop with someone like a Sean Payton stand for, like, the left tackle fit he's going to play? I don't think he would. Bill Belichick wouldn't let Robert Kraft jump in and tell him when he has to bring his left tackle yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to shut up now, anyway. <laughs> I don't see why... Like, you make a perfectly valid point, Jay. I don't see why they had to come out on Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever it was, and say Tyron Smith's ready to play. The game, the game is on Sunday. You know, if it, like you say, it puts more pressure on Smith to get the pads on. Um, if they had said that on Friday morning at the at the presser, nobody, nobody would have pressed the panic button on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you, you know, let the week play out. Why do you have to jump straight in? It's not as if. The Cowboys are have a 500 record right now and are struggling for for us offensive starters. Just let, let it play out, see what happens. I mean, it's not as if we're we're absolutely desperate for for offensive line talent. Um, I mean, goodness, I, I didn't believe I'd be saying that. For instance, at, at, at this point during the season, um, there was a there was a stat that came out on Friday or Saturday that the Cowboys were first in sacks and first in sacks allowed, um, which is incredible to me. I never I never saw that coming in the month of Sundays. Anyway, that's a different point. Um, I just don't see why the, Jerry felt like he... It felt like he was firefighting. Do you know what I mean? Like, the the offensive line world was crashing down. And Don't worry, everybody, calm. Tyron Smith's going to play on Sunday. It's, Jerry, you, you didn't have to. You didn't have to say that. Um, just it, it, it felt like added pressure. It felt like added pressure. Um, what it don't happen, but it, it, it'd be a, a cowboy thing, wouldn't it? Jerry said on Sunday that Tyron Smith is going to play this week, and he goes and gets him bent over backwards in, in practice and then ends up not playing. What it don't happen, like, but you know, it's, it's typical cowboys, isn't it? Yeah. So let's let's move on to slightly more upbeat news. The Cowboys have signed former Indianapolis Colt T.Y. Hilton. Um, first of all, to to Lauren, what do you make of of Hilton's current traits? Um, can he be a number two receiver? Is he a number three receiver? Is he a red zone? Um, and Jay, you can have a think about this one. Does this end the Odell Beckham Jr. talk? Or do you put any stock in the OBJ for the playoffs? Well, let's go with you first. Right. I think certainly, you know, T.Y. Hilton is a guy that, you know, has produced numerous thousand-yard seasons, averages at least three touchdowns, um, three touchdowns a year. I think he's 10th year in the league. Um, you know, and he's had at least three touchdowns every year. Um, but he's most, most recently he's been suffering with, with a lot of soft tissue injuries. Um, 
you know, so there, there's questions about his dependability, availability, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, the, Mike McCarthy said in his press conference that he had a tryout with the Cowboys a few weeks back. Um, we obviously didn't make a move then, um, but we've decided to make a move now. Um, again, it's it's probably on the back of the fact that, you know, OBJ has left town at the moment um, without a deal. Um, T.Y. Hilton's certainly going to bring in a, a veteran presence again to this uh, wide receiver room. Um, and, you know, it, it'll just give somebody again who's capable of taking the top of this defense as well. Half the, half the reason why these passes are getting intercepted is we're not getting anybody that's streaking down the field doing the long ball um, and take it, you know, causing concern for safeties or our uh, deep back. Um, you know, that that's something we need to do, which then opens up the zones across the middle. And Jay, can we say goodbye to Beckham Jr. for now? Um, well, if you, I think, you know, if you read the reports, maybe not. Um, but I know we've gone back and forth on, on not just Tuesdays, but on Thursday shows um, about the signing. Um, and I'm kind of I were all for it, then I won't, then I won't, then I won't. And then reading reading potentially what some of the comments were he made the other day, and I'm like, I don't want anybody like that near, near our locker room. I think still with the reports of that he's not picked somebody that he's going he's gonna to kind of hold off anyway because he doesn't see the point of playing in the regular season. No, don't, don't. If, if you want to play in the playoffs for the Cowboys, you come and you scratch your backside off. Like what T.Y. Hilton's doing now. He's coming in, he's, good, he's a dependable cast uh, pass catcher who can take the pressure off CD Lamb and Michael Gallup and, and I mean not overwork those two and he's and he's he's, he's going to have a role leading into the playoffs and then hopefully deep into the playoffs. Why do we want someone to say, "Well, no, I'm, I'll I'll come to you, but I'll come to you in playoffs"? Nah, I, I would personally stay clear. Um, I think the Cowboys will keep an eye on it. Um, but now there's now Hillen's there. Is it a real need for him? Because we've got his number one, Gallops is number two, and like you say, Hillen, depending on the role he gets, potentially he's going to be number three, but has that potential to be a number two. So I think we've got a, a good core three there, and then we've obviously got players like Noah Brown that can that we can rely on to like, um, pick up the, the slack at the other end. So I don't see the point. So yeah, they've Lauren, they've just elevated Washington back to the, the full roster. Um, are you a little surprised they didn't go after cornerback help instead? Well, I, again, it's who's who's on who's on the market at the moment. Now, we obviously we did bring a couple of cornerback or a cornerback in last week. We brought a cornerback in onto the practice squad back when. Um, Jordan Lewis went down as well. So we've got both of those guys that, you know, we can do this ramp up as Mike McCarthy talks about. We can get them ready. But at the same time, you're you're certainly getting to see a healthy dose of Nashawn Wright, Kelvin Joseph, which, you know, 
And again, in in the Houston game, that was probably a game that you were quite happy to. You certainly wouldn't want to be throwing them out there, you know, against Jalen Hurts or anything like that. Um, you know, and even even the 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 limited number of plays they got last week, they're going up against the quarterback this week who has the potential to to you know throw dimes as well. So. Um, Lawrence is certainly Lawrence is certainly showing that he can, um, you know, he's hot and cold at the moment, but um, you know he's certainly shown that he belongs in this league. So we need to have have these DBs ready. Um, but as I say, you do have the veteran presence on the, on the practice squad that you can elevate at any point in time. Ty Hilton obviously was out there, um, you know, and has been looked at as an option. So I think it's anything that you can do to at least improve the the wide receiver room again, you know. And I think, you know, even even just the threat of OBJ in the last couple of weeks since we've been talking about it, um, you know, the, the wide receiver core have elevated their game. And, you know, we are seeing Gallup and C.D. Lamb develop into the, the sort of 1A, 1B receivers that, you know, we were expecting them to be. Um, Noah Brown's showing up as well at times. Um, Washington, you know, only got targeted once in this game, but was also playing special teams because of the fact that Kelvin Joseph was starting at corner as well. So um, he'd sort of been drafted into special teams to take on Kelvin Joseph's sort of role. So um, there's, I think, I think, you know, again, Leave it this week. See see what Washington does as well. Um, and so, you know, by the end of the season, you know it. Again, you can have various packages for various wide receivers. So, I'll just throw this out there that Richard Sherman's currently a free agent. Anyway, um, so we'll we'll um, we'll add on to the the woes of the news that uh, Jonathan Hankins is done until the playoffs, um, which is a bit of a sore one when you consider how run light we are, shall we say. And um, Mike McCarthy is quoted, it's too early to say if Jake Ferguson will, will feature in week 15. He, he suffered a head-neck injury, they're calling it, against the Texans. Um, yeah. Any concerns over those two? It's, again, it's a shame about Hankins. We brought him in, and certainly we did see that uh, you know the run defense had stiffened up a little bit. Um, uh, you know, can Dan Quinn still scheme scheme around the fact that you don't have that big body there? And obviously, we did get rid of Tristan Hill, and Tristan Hill was a similar sort of size body. But um, you know, Bahana's been on the injury report the last couple of weeks with various illnesses and knee knee problems um you know can he come back to full strength as well um the, just lots of question marks about that to be honest jay what do you think yeah yeah like i said and i think that i think the both is as a kick in the guts as, as each other like you say thinking that was brought in to shore up that run defense. It was it, it was looking good. Um, 
like you say, now we're, we're now we're down one body in, in that area. But Jay Ferguson has been coming on leaps and bounds week after week. Um, but we, it, it weakens both sides. And it's, as much as you don't want injuries, would you rather have them now when we're pretty much close to clinching the playoffs? I think we can, depending on results, we can clinch the playoffs this week, can't we? Or at least the playoff berth anyway, depends on where we, we are. Um, so we can get them fit and healthy. For, for a decent playoff run and we can get some other guys in to get some much needed game time so it's, it's not nice especially you don't want it especially like I said probably probably a bit more gutting from a personal aspect is for Ankins for the fact that he's come over he's a, he's a massive role and that's obviously gone to up for a, for a couple of weeks Right, okay. I think we've had enough negative news. Let's get on to the offense, shall we, Lon? Yep, let's go for it. Uh, two seconds. So, the offense. <laughs> Where to begin? Um, couple of flashpoints for you. Dak through more interceptions and touchdowns. Um, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard did run for an average of four yards per carry, both of them, which is nice to see. Um, no receiver touchdown on Sunday and yep. uh, too many interceptions for my liking. I'll leave it to you guys to, to pick up the bones of that. What are your initial thoughts? Again, it all comes down to the play calling, I think. I mean, obviously, you know, we proved we've got a healthy run game. You know, Dak, uh, Dak, Dak even ran for 3.8 yards a carry, nine carries, 20, 20 odd yards or whatever. Uh, wait a minute, what were the stats? Uh, sorry, six carries, 23 yards, six, 3.8 yards per carry. You, you're getting production out of the running game. You're you know, Dak is distributing the ball to numerous receivers as well. Um, again, it's, you know, he's still making these little mistakes. Um, you know, the you can sort of let him off in some respects. And the, the second one, you know, his arm got hit as he was throwing it. Um, the, the first one, though, you know, that got tipped as well. But you know he's got to, he's got to throw the ball better on that on that sort of pass um but just thing things weren't working across the board i don't think you know there was no as i say there was no continuity with for the offense after the first couple of drives we were you know we were constantly stalling out at various points and you know thank god we've got uh, Brett Maher of uh, 2022 and not Brett Maher of 20, 2018, 2019. Because um, could you imagine if Brett Maher was shanking, shanking his kicks left, right, and centre? You know that that game would have just been an embarrassment. We wouldn't have been in that game. So, Jay, what was the big concern offensively for you on Sunday? In, in all honesty, Dak. I know that might shock. Yeah. He was and he was awful on Sunday. He was 
and it, this it, this summed it up well on um I can't remember which Cowboys um pod, pod, podcast it was. He was very Brett Far, like he was erratic. His throws were awful. He, he, a lot, a lot, a lot of throws behind receivers. Um, yeah, it, it was very undark like and now a lot of that probably yeah, <laughs> that's shoulders to blame on um, Kellen Moore. Um, we just, I don't know if we just relied too heavily on Dak because they were panicking because the game felt like it was getting out of control. But yeah, it just. That, for me, that's where it went. The, the run game was fantastic. Why not keep leaning on that? Like you said, first, second down, set up, set up a short field for Dak. Not, not saying Dak can't throw deep balls and stuff because he can. It was just, yeah, it, it was just one of my, it was just one of my days. And, and again, again, he's had a leading on too much because he's on pushing forty million dollars a year. Getting beat by the worst team currently in the NFL. Let's relax. I put Everly on Dak's shoulders, and that's not what the Cowboys have been over the last few weeks. The Cowboys have had a nice spread of passing and a running game. Keep it going. The teams, teams struggle to look at the Colts. Colts, to be fair, not a bad defense, the Colts, and we absolutely torched them to pieces. And yeah, uh, if sixty-four, I'm gonna go just that, just for the fact that he, yeah, he kind of more shoulders a lot of this and all. I, mean, I think he's, I've, I've championed it for the past, and I, if he's back next year, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fuming like a lot of people. I, I think it's time to move on, for, on offensive coordinator anyway. It's time to move on. I, th- I think one of the things that was interesting is obviously because of the CBA, you've only got a limited number of padded practices that you're allowed to have. Last week, you know, Mike McCarthy decided that, you know, every single practice last week was just going to effectively be a walk through, um, you know, in just lids, lids and shorts and what have you. Um, you know, and I think, that coupled as, as I think it's DJ Dog, it's, uh, sorry, Joe had actually said that, um, you know, because of all the the sideshow with OBJ as well, I think, you know, perhaps the Cowboys were taking this week, you know, and, and you know, it's Vegas's fault that, you know, um, going into this game being 17 point uh, he- heavy favourites as well. I mean, that probably has some of these guys sort of taking their eye off, you know, being, being a bit looser in practice, that sort of thing, um, you know, reckoning this this will be a cakewalk. And realistically, in the NFL, I mean, you know, even, even the worst team, I mean, if you go back to 1989, when we were 1-15, in 15, you know, we shouldn't have beaten the, the Redskins that year, you know, because literally we were playing with scraps and, uh, next to nothing. Aikman was injured half the time. Steve Pillar was in. Uh, sorry, Steve Walsh was in. Even um, you know we traded away Herschel Walker, all that sort of stuff, and we still managed to scrape up at least one victory away. There's there's very few years that you have a team going 0 and 16. Um, you know the Detroit Lions are certainly 
lay claim to that uh, that that uh, title, you know. But um, the the you know the seven being the seventeen point underdog, you know, was probably good uh, notice board material for for Houston, and Houston were probably more ready to play than we were. Um, Thing as well, even though they say that they're, they're so poor that they're so well, they are at the minute. I think a lot of people have all forgotten this. It were a, even though they're not in the NFC East, um, essentially a rival game. It, it was it was kind of the battle of Texas, wasn't it? And everyone always goes, yeah, there's only really one team in Texas. But when you like, it's here that you say that, and it's like, well, what, what, are we the are we the quiet sister? So we're going to show you, and yeah, if they're going to win one more game this year, then why would they not want it to be this one so they can? Have the bragging rights till the next time we've got a game in Texas. Yeah. So we we have um, we have our, our criticisms for number four in this game, but um, we're going to talk about the last touchdown now. Now we need to be careful here because when you when you involve um, giving to charity in touchdowns, you end up with fines. Um, so we're going to have to be very, very careful when talking about the Salvation Army bucket just in case you get fined for mentioning that. So uh, we'll be very, very careful here. You all know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go into that. I think it's absolutely pathetic, but hey-ho. Mm. They did score an almost perfect touchdown to win the game from our own two-yard line. Um, the ball hit the ground once. Does that show... The difference between a win and a loss, and they still have that ability. We just found that a bit tough during the game. Does that does that lighten the load a little bit? I think it. I think it. Good and Sorry, I'm just going to say. I think it, in some ways, shows us what we need to see about the Cowboys, and if they've got a bit of grit and determination when the back's against the wall, if they can get out of it. And I think we did. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. And it's nice getting 50 points up every week. But every now and again, you've got to have one of these games where it's like you've got kind of brought back down to earth and see what you're mentally made of. And I think, although it's not pretty on the scoreboard, it wasn't def- definitely well, definitely didn't look pretty from in the stadium, um, watching on telly. Um, but it, it might keep. They keep on grounded and think, you know what, actually, we, we might not be as good as we think we are. And it'll make them maybe, yeah, tell, tell, tell the Jags a little bit more, with a bit more respect than, than potentially what it all, what it at least looked like. I think, th- you know, as, as soon as the ball got down to the two-yard line, I thought I actually had a funny feeling that, you know, we were going to come back and win this because, you know, on Monday night football last week, the, the Buccaneers had a 98, 98 yard drive to win the game on the last series. Baker, May, Baker Mayfield, after only 48 hours, had a 98 yard drive to, to beat the Raiders on Thursday night. And I just thought as soon as the ball landed at the two and was down to the two, I'm going right 98 yards. I bet you this, you know, as they say, things come in threes and sure enough, you know, we started moving the ball, and I'm thinking, right, this is great. And then, you know, obviously, gaps catch, and you know, being driven to the turf, and unfortunately, you know, it dislodged the ball. Um, 
you know, I was a little bit concerned there, but then, um, you know, at the end of it, you know, our offensive line did what they needed to do, opened the hole for Zeke and Zeke powered in. Um, you know, you wish they'd blocked the play as well that well when Zeke got stopped on fourth down earlier in the game. But, um, you know, again, it, it shows what we can do when we're switched on. We just need to be switched on. It's, it's almost like our guys almost suffer from ADHD, you know, um, that, you know, they're, they're constantly, you know, they, they can control themselves for small periods of time, but they can't play the, as yet, we haven't seen them play the perfect game. Um, and it's just, once, once, once that happens, you know, this team will be rocking. Um, you know, and I I think as well, you know, and again, this is something Paul and I were discussing, is that, you know, um, do, do we play down to this team? Or look, look at when we go out and play teams like Minnesota and Minnesota, we go and absolutely hammer them because we were ready for them. Um, you go out and play Green Bay, Green Bay here on a slide at the moment. And, you know, you get up 14 points and you, you fritter it away in the fourth quarter as well. We're, we play down to, or we play to the level of the team that we're going up against. And unfortunately, you know, that involves us playing down half the time because, we are in a vaulted position at the moment that, you know, we're a couple of games out from uh, the playoffs. Um, you, we've got one of, the, I think it's the second best record we've got in the NFC at the moment. Um, but, you know, we, all all they should do is have a look at the scoreboard and see that, you know, uh, the Giants absolutely crumbled against the Eagles, you know, and if we've got any hope of surpassing the Eagles and going in, in the number one seed, we need to, obviously, we need to have the Eagles falter not only on Christmas Eve, but we need to have them falter a couple of times more or one more time at least. Um, you know, and you should be looking up and saying, right, well, they're winning. We need to absolutely hammer these guys as well. You know, I, I know we're kind of knocking how we play, which, because it went, also went prayer, and gee, if I, uh, I'm jumping ahead here a bit, but I think um, I think the UK the UK fan base needs to take a bit of credit. I think because if anybody didn't see across the socials, the Paul's out there at the minute. Uh, Mike Bowles was at the game and and Darren as well. And it's a good omen when UK fans are in town, especially 2022, because the Cowboys are undefeated at AT&T Stadium when the UK Massive are in town. So I think everyone needs to chip in and get some pennies, and we need to get to every every game. For the rest of the season. Yep. But the, the the other thing that I was reminded of was obviously the last time we played the Texans was 2018. Paul was there. It was at NRG Stadium in Houston, and um, you know, unfortunately, that was that was a uh, a game that we didn't come out on the right and at the right side of. That was the year that we were up and down with Garrett. You know. Um, I think that was, funnily enough, I think that was the year before we, or in the run-up to us actually picking up a Mary Cooper mid-season. Um, you know, and we're, we're, you know, obviously this season we started talking about what we were going to do, how we were going to cope without a Mary. So, um, I think, <laughs> interest, interesting bookend there. Ooh. So, here's, here's a scenario that I thought of for the both of you. Um, 
towards the end of the game, you you'll remember it well. The Texans are on our goal line, and they go for it, 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 and they end up stuffed on our goal line. That's why we ended up on, on the two yard line effectively. Um, if the Texans had kicked the field goal, they would have the ball back with 46 seconds to go and kick another field goal. Did Lovey Smith drop the ball on that one, or would you guys have gone for the, the, the six points? Because if I was Lovey Smith, I would have kicked the field goal and make the Cowboys run the, go the length of the field and st- you would still have the opportunity to win the game. Now, fair, fair, fair in mind, you've only got 46 seconds, but your average NFL kicker is making 55-yard field goals nowadays. Um, yeah. did, did, the, did the Texans shoot themselves in the foot a little bit? Now, uh, it's hard uh, hard to talk about this one because I think, you know, I think Lovey Smith achieved two things on Saturday. Um, oh, sorry, on Sunday. Obviously, he showed that, it, you know, he can get a team that's fairly devoid of talent. He can make, he can still make them competitive, almost snatch the the improbable improbable victory. Um, but at the same time, you know, he you know he just allowed uh, Houston to lose that game, and you know, obviously they're they're still in first place for the number one pick this year. Um, you know, he, he's you know again he's shown that he can get this team competitive get them in the games and all this sort of stuff. Maybe shores up his his job for next season. Um, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they were floundering last season. If they can be better this, you know, show signs of improvement this year. And not necessarily in the scoreline, but just being compet just being competitive in games. Um and then, you know, Lovey keeps his job, but he gets this plethora of uh, high draft picks in each round um, obviously I think they've got they've got a number of other pick, you know they've still got multiple picks from other trades in the first four rounds or so um, you know he can he's got quite a nice uh, stockpile of capital there get some players in that he wants and you know you know get the, the, get this team back on track. Um, had they, had they won this game, then you know it you know it throws it open that other teams can sort of drop down and you know the way you're seeing Denver playing at the moment, you know Denver or you know Seattle are rubbing their hands at the moment that you know <laughs> they've screwed Denver out of all these picks. Um, you know it's almost a bit it's almost a bit like uh, draft day two, you know so. Um, I'm not surprised they went for it. I'm just surprised the personnel they had on the field. That running back was a nightmare at times for the Cowboys. Why not? If you notice, they took him out of the game. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he had to come out. It was Rex Burkhead that was the running back at the time. I think that was forced upon them. Um, yeah. 
back to what Lyle said, is it, is it because they have because they had a chance of moving out of the out of the number one pick? You know what I mean, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a choice of quarterbacks, and there's a, it's a decent quarterback class that's coming out this year. Do you, do you give up that for a win just because because of a win that's not going to really get you anything in terms of your, your team? Not surprised, like they went for it. I just, I just think the personnel. I just was very surprised. But remember, if if the Texans punch it in there, the game's over. So that's what I mean. They, that's why I was surprised did, that they didn't they'd go, give a they good go goal. The, they didn't go the way they did because I think if they were back, would have been on the field. I think they would. I think they'd have pushed that in, and that wouldn't, we wouldn't have got. We would have had that game. I say, I just, I think it's a bit of like, like say, it was a bit of. Let's just let's show this team's got a bit about it, and it just it needs a couple of decent additions for future years. Especially with your audio is cutting out, Jay. You want to make it a wee bit louder? Can you can you hear me now? Sorry, I thought it was a little bit of this. This, this is a decent draft class for quarterbacks, anyway. It's like well. We either get the choice of all of them that are there, or you can still go back a couple of places and, and still get a decent one. So it's like, yeah, six one and a half doesn't open it, but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised I went up for it, but I'm just more surprised of who kind of got the um yeah the workload on it. Okay, so well. Um... We'll try and try and lift the conversation a little bit more, <laughs> um, because um, we need to remember that we won the game. We we did we did win the game. Um, let's let's try and let's try and pick up a few positives from from the Cowboys' offense on Sunday because it was another win, second season of ten wins in a row. Um, you know what? What were our big? What were our big talking points? What were? What were the things we can, we can at least take out of the the twenty seven points that we scored? I think the 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 run game definitely was a a huge boost. And then, you know what? I, I mentioned elaborated on a little bit earlier that even when it's back against the wall, we 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 took that win. And it gets to this time of the year, and everyone knows what the playoffs are generally like. You've got to tough it out in the playoffs, and I think we've seen that we could be all right in the playoffs. We we know how to tough it out, and yeah, let's let's just stop it. It doesn't come around too often tough to play like, but we know we can do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, football is very much a game of, um, you know. You go in with a plan, and the plan works until you get hit in the mouth. You know that old saying. Um, you know we took our punches, we came out, and we still managed to win this game. That's that's the main thing that you've got to say. And you know, again, there's again if 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 we'd been rolling and everything like that, the guys again would maybe be looser next week going into this game. You know, this should provide another spur for them to actually knuckle down 
and prepare for the the last quarter of this season as well and just you know try and achieve what they want to achieve make sure they get into the playoffs try and get the highest seeding that they can that will allow you a chance to get some of these guys like Hankins you know try and get him back try and get uh, uh, other guys that are on IR at the moment that are short term IR get them back and get get to as close to being relatively healthy as well. Um, you know, and we did that, and you know we're still in the we're still in this race for the NFC East. We didn't we haven't hindered our chances. Um, you know, but you know it it just should provide a teaching point for this week for for training. Okay, okay. Um, let's move on to defense because I think we're going to need a little bit more allotted time for defense this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where do we start here? Now, do we start off with... Um, Injuries at cornerback. Do we start off with a down game from Micah Parsons, or do we start off with giving up twenty three points to two bit part quarterbacks? Where do you guys want to start with this one? Well, the 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 first thing you'd have to say is that you know the offense obviously put put our defense in the hole on two two of those touchdown drives. Obviously, with the um, with the muffed punt by Kevonte Turpin, and then you know on the what was it the second to last drive as well, where um, Dak had thrown the, his, his second interception, and that was at a ten yard line. Now it was a great play by I think it was Dalton Schultz to to come back and you know uh, at least tackle him because at ten yards out, it's somebody making an interception. The good bet is he only he wanders in for the for the, the go-ahead touchdown. Um, you know, so it was a good play, but again, yeah, we need to move on to defence, but um, that was a good play by Schultz to, to to stop them there. But again, short field doesn't really give the, the defence a chance to, um, you know, put the shackles on immediately. You know, they especially if they've been on the sideline for a bit, you know, they need a couple of, couple of minutes or at least a couple of plays to truly... Get firing on all cylinders each each drive, um, and I think you know having that short field take it take away those two short fields, and I think you know the Houston Texans were, uh, you know they would have been held a lot a lot lower. They wouldn't have got the 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 points that they did, um, you know, and we we did manage to stop them and manage to force them to kick field goals a, a, a number of times as well. So. Um, that that's certainly a positive as well, but um, it was it was interesting the way that they played the you know they they certainly schemed things to limit the success of our defense. I mean, this is the first time since the Giants game last year that uh, the Cowboys defense has been held without a sack. Jay, what do you think? What was your biggest concern? Um. You know, I, I'm going to go with injuries. I just think 
and Long kind of touched on it a little bit there at the end. I don't think that as bad as the, the, the Texans are, I don't think we're giving their offense probably as much credit as it deserves. Like you say, when was the last time the Cowboys were helped in our sacks? Um, Parsons, yeah, he had a quiet game. But look who we lined up against. As, as, as bad as that team has been as a whole, Tulsa's was still one of the one of the best offensive tackles in the league. He's going to get games as dominant as Parsons is. He's going to come up sometimes. It happened to the best of him. It happened to DeMarcus Ware plenty of times. It happened to D. It happened to D. Law. It happened to. God, it happened to. Oh, some of the best defensive players trying to play this game. You're not going to get that that level of play from every single time. And I just think, yeah. I think it's more that they played well. If you if you look at it, I know he's probably jumping a little ahead, but we, we saw some outstanding play, players on defense. For me, I, I, I bash him a lot every week. I think we would probably see Fandres probably best game in the Cowboys jersey. Um, I think Izua was fantastic again. And um, for me, could he, is he is he probably the best player on the Cowboys defense this year? Um, like I say, just some some guys still do. I mean, like some of some of the the plays, yeah. And I just think we, I think we just caught up a little bit off guard with how often they they switched quarterbacks. And I think that just, I think that just comes our timings and I just yeah, and, and our game plan on defense. I don't think it was more that the defense was bad. I think it was just yeah, it was just one of them games where it was the injuries are. Okay, so let's let's try and go through it methodically. Let's start on on defense. Um, now I've, I've brought up a, a stat earlier on the show that the Cowboys have the most sack or had the most sacks in the league. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, depending on who you visit, the NFL website says there were no registered sacks. The ESPN says there was one registered sack. Is that concerning against? quarterbacks that are not necessarily starters where the Texans ready for a kind of game plan and that can that game plan be used against us again is the is I suppose the main question I think it, I think it can and I mean we're we're going to see this this run pass option um that Houston employed so well. I mean, this is this is effectively what we had against Philadelphia as well, and to some extent we had it in uh, the Chicago game as well. So this is, and what this does is it takes out uh, Micah Parsons because Micah Parsons' first responsibility is, you know, he should go for the should go for the ball carrier, but is the ball carrier the quarterback? Is it the running back? Is he about to throw, you know, and that split second takes off the speed of Micah Parsons, takes off the aggressiveness of the defensive line, um, you know, and it it just hinders everything. Now, you saw when on that last drive where Houston were trying to get back to, to get the go-ahead score after reading on 27-23 up, Laramie Tunsil jumped offside twice, and that was because he was knowing that you know, 
they were going to have to pass the ball. And because of that, our defensive linemen, were, all, they knew that they could just pin their ears back. And Laramie Tunsil was obviously worried about the speed of Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons could, you know, if those plays had carried on, Micah Parsons could quite easily, or whoever was over that side, could quite easily have, um, you know, taken advantage of that. And we, we could be talking about there being sacks. But um, this, this run-pass option... It is exceptionally difficult to defend. Um, and especially the way our defence is playing against it. We we need to sit... Dan Quinn should be using every spare minute at the moment to, to try and focus on, on how he's going to stop this because obviously we've got we've got Philadelphia coming up in the next, uh, uh, what, 11 days or so. So um, it, yeah. it is concerning now. Yeah, Jay, I know exactly what game tape uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be watching anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, seven teams that are so poor kind of find a way to break you down. Um, teams are going to look at trying to copy that. And, but, and I'm not just saying this because really good, but are they, very, are they really that good? Draft capital, they have they have spent what I would expect them to spend on the cornerback position. Um, I will be a little bit honest and concerned that um, I'm not sure on our current our current selection. Um, Brown and Lewis have exposed one or two holes that I do not like. Um, Bossman Fat, let's talk about number one. Um, what do we think? It doesn't look good for him at the moment. And I mean, obviously, Jerry's comments on Friday about, um, you know, he him needing to step up and, um, you know, as, assume the role um, you know, the time for, the time for all of his side sideshow shenanigans and what have you 
needs to be put put to one side and he needs to focus on football. I think that was a dig at him because obviously he was he was off on Wednesday's he was on Wednesday's practice report has been off with an illness. Now he was back on Thursday, but you know after after being off for a couple of weeks with uh, or limited and what have you from illness the last couple of weeks as well. You should really. I, I know Jay, you're you're four weeks into your illness and you're still coughing your lungs up. Um, but uh, you know, Joseph ha- was clear the week before, but back on the illness uh, report this. Um, you know, was it really an illness or was he? You know, did he had a few beers the night before and woken up with a sore head or something like that and just didn't report in or whatever. Um, I also don't have access to some of the best doctors in the world, twenty four yep. hours a day. So there's there's that to take into consideration as well. Um, Jay, this guy's not a rookie, and there was one particular arm tackle on Sunday that I did not like the look of. Mm, uh, yeah, and I can just kind of touch you back on a little bit. What was it? Uh, it just shows how much of a crazy world the NFL is in it because if. That would have been a teammate that said something like that, what Jerry said. They'd be thrown under the bus for it. Like, and Alan, <coughs> when, what was it? The quarterback for the, the Jets, when he kind of didn't come to it, or kind of didn't say that they, that they helped the defense, they didn't help the defense, that kind of thing. Yeah. So he's waiting out. Somebody can get away with one comment, but somebody can't. Um, t- going back to to that, yeah, I think yeah, he's not a rookie. It's we're seeing a little bit of yeah things like I think like John Lewis a couple of years ago was doing crazy stuff like this on on the field, and it's like when is enough enough? Um, I get that there's been high draft picks on some of these players, but. There's got to be a time where you say, you know what, you've had your chance. And I think it's probably more to do with that this secondary, apart from Diggs, has been pretty gash for the last few years. Um, they can hit it right in the, in the upcoming drafts. I, I, I think we'll start seeing players like this not not being on the roster. But they're getting a short, they're getting a, they're getting a very long leash because there's nobody really good enough to take over at the minute. So, uh, Lauren, the, 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 the only um, thing I would... Well, go on. The, my, my question there was a segue into this question. Um, our, our second corner, our start, other starting corner opposite Diggs, is a rookie, and he's a fifth-round pick, and he's starting. Um, yep. Concerns over Wright and Joseph? playing second fiddle to a, a fifth round rookie well I, th- I, th- I think there is a difference I mean Bland is, Bland is your nickel corner he's your Jordan Lewis type guy and he's handling the inside so you do need to be a bit more agile than uh, being on the outside all you've got to do effectively on the outside is jam jam the receivers at line use the sideline as an extra defender. Um, the, the the nickel corner obviously has to be more 
uh, of an all-rounder able to to follow players all across the field. Um, so Bland, I, Bland is a completely is a different type of cornerback. I think if if you saw Bland on the outside, I think he would struggle on the outside. My question is whether the lack of opportunities for both Kelvin Joseph and Nashawn Wright are limiting their progression. Now, we've seen in the last three or four years that guys like Dorrance Armstrong, who, you know, again, was only a third, you know, second stringer coming on for a play here, play there, you know, as spelling guys. Now that he's getting more and more reps, he's he's coming in and doing damage, um, you know, and he's really developed into, what, what is it? He's got eight sacks on the season. Um, by all means, could be double digits by the end of the season if, again, he he finished up the game with a sprained ankle, I think, and uh, was in the walking boot. Um, so hopefully he's not out for too much longer. But um, c- certainly, yeah, um, you know, can these guys develop by being on the field and get more more and more game time? Um, and do you just take the lumps while they grow um, with this? That's that's the sort of question that we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. No, no, and 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 I know. Like you, I think sometimes a lot of emphasis put on what round players are picked in, um, and we've seen it, especially on the Cowboys roster over the years, players taking their opportunity when it's given to him and yeah, lands a fifth round pick. But he's, he's taking if anything, he's getting less opportunity than the others because of where he got picked and the opportunities he's getting is grasping with two hands. Now when you look and this is not a, a knock on on some of the players on defence that have, have made massive strides this year and played well. But would you not love to have eleven Types of Deron Bland who were going on there and making play after play after play rather than going, well, do you know what? We pick this guy in the second round, we pick this guy in the third round. So we need to give him a chance. <laughs> Chuck the fifth guy, if the, the fifth round guy, the sixth round guy is making plays, get him in. He's going he's gonna to have more of an effect on the game than someone that. Now, is it because these guys, these guys are like, I'm a second round pick, I'm a third round pick, so I'm, I'm going to have a longer leash than everybody else? And they just kind of. You see it a lot as well sometimes with, like, for instance, um, Hitchens. I'm, I'm using just I'm, in terms of the the contracts, like you say, don't really see much of them until contract year. Then contract year comes and it's like, right, now I need to play. So it's like, no, I want guys interested in the length of the contract. So um, I'm, got, I'm conscious that I'm bringing the tone down again. So let's try and bring it back up a little bit. Um, it was pretty horrible to see uh, number seven, Trevon Diggs, run off to the, the locker room. I think we were all a little bit terrified at that point. But he did come back in and he did go to the races to get us uh, the interception. Um, was, was Diggs one of the one of the bright lights in a pretty shadowed cornerback room at the minute. Yeah, I think so. And we're we're obviously lucky that it's only a, you know, he's got a bruised, bruised hand or what have you. And obviously it had swollen up on, on Sunday. 
Um, that uh, that that fumble recovery that he did as well. I mean that, and then the the subsequent run around the field. I mean he must have covered about a hundred yards on that play. Um, that was that was crazy. And in some respects, you almost wish that I think it was um, Hooker that was on had a chance at picking up the the fumble as well. And if Hooker had picked it up, he he was already past the 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 would be tackler as well. And I mean, he would have sauntered in for a touchdown there, and that would have, you know that would have probably snapped the the Texans back a little bit more than what they actually did, especially as we didn't get anything off that drive. But um, I completely forgot it was a fumble, and you know, I'm just that used to, I'm just yeah. that used to number seven in the interception. Jay, um, at what point were you screaming at the TV? Just get down, just <laughs> just get down, just take the turnover. Don't we don't need the hero? We've got the ball. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not really even far back till you mentioned it because it kind of you just, I think it's one of them things in it because you always want to see. The Cowboys score points, and it's like right. The defense have got to turn. The defense has got to turn, just run, just run, just go. And it's like, yeah. So you kind of you get in the moment, don't you? But then, like, kind of looking back at it, you, just think, yeah, just get down and just just secure it. And let's just let's just get on with the next one. And it's like no, because it's just it was... it, we, we, we always say that to you. It's one of them Cowboys things, you know. You could probably say it being like a bit of a Madden curse, wouldn't it? We'd get it. You try try to run it in for a touchdown. Someone would pop it out. He trip up, flick up in air, yeah. they take it back in for yeah. six or seven. It's just like, yeah. Well, that's but. just that's just the point I was going to bring up. It was a, it was a seventeen yard gain. You would you would have expected more for the length of time. But like you're saying, an offensive player with a bit of mindset to punch that ball out, and before mm. you know it, it's back up in the air and everybody's scrambling yep. about on top of it. But he did get it, the. It, the it's it's almost the sort of defensive version of the Tony Romo play against the Rams, you know, that <laughs> first or second season where the ball sailed over his head. He ran back, you know, cut back and weaved and what have you, and eventually got a first down, managed to scramble for a first down. It was that sort of thing. And you're thinking, especially when he started going towards the sideline and you saw, I think it was an offensive lineman was tracking him down and you just thought, Oh God, you know, protect don't don't carry the ball with one hand, protect the ball and what have you. But he did the right thing and actually went out of bounds because he was tiring on the play. Um if he if he hadn't done that, then yeah, it probably would have been, you know, knocked out and you'd be looking at it. It would be going, Oh Christ, you know, that was that was a missed opportunity. So Moving on to another bright spark and uh, a fairly mediocre defensive def- performance, shall we say, is there any opportunity for Mukuamu to play more at corner or is he set at safety? What do we think? Because another another good performance from Mukuamu, um, just we questioned the, the particular selections at cornerback, is... Mukwamu's set at safety. I I think he, you know, he's he's creating a wee niche. He is he is sort of a serviceable backup to the the three sort of starting safeties that we have in Curse Hooker and uh, Donovan Molson. 
and he's 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 able to step in and you know he, he's maybe a step down from all three, but he's able to actually assume the role that all three of these guys do. The more that you put on his plate, you got to remember he's what uh, he was a seventh round draft pick as well. He was one of our last draft picks last year. Um, you know, so the more that you're you're piling on his plate, you're maybe taking away against the the instinctiveness of what he's doing. And I mean, you saw that we obviously tried that with uh, Robinson a couple of years ago, where we started him out at safety, moved him back to cornerback after deciding the safety side of things wasn't working, and then you know we obviously released him this year. Um, but uh, I think it's certainly worth giving him a shot. If if you really think that Nashawn Wright and uh, Kelvin Joseph aren't going to aren't going to work out, then you know give him a shot because he did. He he was the one that came on the phone and told Jerry that he was going to be the best cornerback that we had on the on the roster as well. He did so. say corner. He did say then, corner. Yet Jerry talk about getting the best guys on the field all the time is is Muka Mukuama, and for a shot at corner. At the minute, yeah, but like I say he's, he's taking his opportunities, um, and you should probably flip it and like people say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the best cornerback on on your roster." So people could sit and say, "Do you know what? He's he's got a big set of cojones, and he's but can he back it up?" And what we've seen of him, he, he has done, and like you say, it's, this league can change really quick. People's um, Roster spots are as guaranteed as they used to be, so making players get him in. I suppose we'll we'll close out the defensive discussion by by talking about Leighton Vanderish. We haven't talked much, um, but again, a, a a solid performance. Maybe not a great amount of flash, um, but again, finished with the the top tackler on the team. Um, yeah. For me, it's it's trending towards extension, as opposed to not extending. What do you guys reckon? I th- I think he's certainly he's he's due another contract. Um, you know, I think the way he came on towards the end of last season, he's he's settled into this Dan Quinn defensive scheme. Um, we haven't we haven't really seen a drop off in in the games where he's. He's been a non-factor. He's still recording stats. He's he's still making tackles and what have you. Um, we ha- there were games last year where, you know, he he was zeroing out across the board for um, certain games. This year, you're at least getting two, three, four, five tackles minimum. Um, and I think you know he he's certainly developed an, a leader on this defense as well. So, uh, but I mean, the, the performance he did, if you remember, he actually appeared on the injury report on Friday as well because he'd suffered the illness. Paul and I discussed this on Saturday. Were we concerned? And you're like, well, you'd rather he was ill the beginning of the week, and you know that way you've got a chance to get your fluids back up, get yourself right, and what have you. But he came into that game nine solo tackles, five or six, um, five or six assist, assisted tackles, and one tackle for loss as well. I mean, he 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 blew 
that that defensive lineup, uh, sorry, that offensive lineup as well, on on a lot of those plays, and you know certainly made made uh, saving tackles as well. So, Jay, what do you reckon on the, on the contract? I know you've you've not been too hot on on Van der Esch. Um, is there another five six million offer on the table in in the spring? So if, if you if you'd have asked me this question about four or five weeks ago, I'd have been like, mate, stop smoking what you're smoking. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm starting to warm to him, and yeah, like I say, was Sunday's was Sunday's best game in the Cowboys uniform to facts today. Um, I think was it was it on the stats? It was four, fourteen tackles, nine of them were solo. Um, when he's starting to play at this level that you, you were hoping you were going to get when you drafted him, um, it makes no sense not to bring him back, um, especially because he knows this 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 defense. So he, he can be one of those leaders in the locker room for that aspect. Um, I just yeah, I just hope it's not a, it's not a flash in the pan, and it and it's I say. It's, They've let him address that we were we were open with getting when we drafted him so high. Yeah, as a former first round pick, you do have to remember that. Um and they do normally hit on first round picks. Um I think with the time we have left in the show, it's left as a nice little segment um for for special teams. Um not the not the perfect run of the mill that we're used to. Um if um, if that fumble happens in the third or fourth quarter, I don't know if the Cowboys coming away with the win. What do we guys think? Um, were we were we fortunate that the fumble happened in the first quarter? I think there's two ways to think about that. I mean, obviously, short short created the short field for their offense, um, allowed them to get into the game. Now, if we hadn't fumbled there, then you know, obviously, there's a good chance you you would have driven driven the ball up the field, got another score, and then you know maybe maybe the Texans fold in that game. Doing it in the third quarter, if you know, again, if you've scored on your first two drives and you're fourteen nil up or whatever, and you're you're putting the the Texans in a hole. Um, would the, would the fumble punt in the third quarter mean anything? I don't know. You, you know, it's a bit of you, you need a crystal wall almost to see what yeah, would happen or of what have you. Yeah. Um, Jay, he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible, Turpin. Um, he has he has done an awful lot for us on on special teams. Um, to my knowledge, that is the first fumble. I can't think of another. Unless you guys, unless you guys can think of another, um, no. are we ready to just forget all about the fumble? It happened. It was a scare. Let's move on. Um, maybe forget is a bit too strong of a of a phrase to use for that. I think you could probably use it to an advantage, and obviously, and to show what what it can do and. I like said it can kind of get your backs against the wall and punch you into the default. But like you said, apart from that, he's been pretty much perfect on 
special teams this year for the Cowboys. Happens to, it happens to the best of them, do you know what I mean? Like, people like David Esther have made, made mistakes. Like that. I'm not, not saying you shouldn't say that to be a, a Hester kind of player, but if you, you get where I'm coming from. It's, it's, no one's immune to these mistakes. Um, just Yeah, it's just one of the things that's a lack of concentration Sadly, on another, oh, as I said, on another day, would another team cash in on that? Probably not. It's just it's one of them, in it? Like you say, it's, I'm, I'm, if it's going to happen, I'm glad it happened when it did. When as backs were really up against it towards that game, because like you say, aside from probably the, our first drive and pretty much the last drive of the game, that game could have gone anywhere if that if that would have been later in the game. It, I think it would have absolutely deflated the, the whole Cowboys side of 18 to Stadium. Yeah, I, th- I think the one thing to say as well is that um, you know I think the whole reason why Turpin sort of fumbled that ball was actually because because Kelvin Joseph was starting on defense, he wasn't the, he wasn't the jammer for the gunner on the on the punt return team as well. So if you actually saw the the gunner on that side had actually come down and was actually standing level with uh, Turpin, so yeah, Turpin had sort of signalled a fair catch, but he obviously was aware that there was a guy off to the side there ready to make the tackle if he'd if yeah. he'd even done anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, that split second of taking your eye off the ball and then you're maybe ever so he was ever so slightly out of position that probably bounced off his um shoulder pads a little bit as, as well as he was trying to cradle it in as well. Um and it's little things like that that you know Little changes on just having somebody come in and play a different position, and not get not get the block on the line, and you know drive drive the guy outside and what have you. It can be little things like that that just you know again it all snowballs. So yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm certainly not ready to make any changes on on, on who it is. Um, it, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen first round picks doing that kind of stuff. I know, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I certainly know Brian is of the, the same opinion as myself that no way do you want your new shiny first-round pick catching kickoffs and, <laughs> and punts um, for him to tear downfield and get battered by um, guys that are trying to make a, a roster and prove a point. It just doesn't sit well with me. So... Um, I would continue with with Turpin. Are you guys of the same opinion that this is a, a storm in a teacup? Yeah, I. Do you know what you can even take it back? I can remember when when we first when we first drafted Ken, and they had him out there on returns, and you're like, no, 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 it's, not. it's like why? Yeah, you know I mean, you bring you bring someone like that in for a reason, and that's the the goes your offense. You put him on no Turpin's. Got speed to keep him in there. I say that's that's his role in the team. And and as it have we had a, a dynamic returner like that since? Well, this is it, Jamie. Well, Ryan Sweet, so could you even go as far back as as, as Harris? Apart from those two, has, has there anybody that's really made any difference in the return game? 
I think the league of the league have made no no qualms about it. They're trying to reduce this kind of stuff. They're trying they're trying to reduce the, the injuries um, on kickoffs and, and punt returns. That's why it's so enticing to just kick the ball through the the uprights on a on a kickoff and and bring the team out to or to let it go and bring the team out to a twenty the twenty five yard line. As as of I can't remember exactly when the league came in, but you let the ball go through the end zone, you're a quarter of the way up the field. So it it you know it, it it's it's too enticing. Um you're not gonna get the, the Devin Hesters of the world anymore. That that for me that position's gone. Um, I, I, get, I, I get trying to um minimize the injuries and all that kind of thing. Um but is is there anything better in an NFL game than seeing a returner return the ball 98, 98, nine yards? Oh, it's incredible. I, it's what I mean. It's, it's like, exciting. So I think you've yeah. got to, the league's to try and find some happy medium, like you say. You can't take away that side of the game. It's, it's electric. Okay. Um, I think we've, we've, um, and let's let's just say it. Brett Maher was pretty. He was auto, automatic. Money, Maher, money, money. I think we, we can start calling yeah. him. Let's let's get our jerseys ordered now. Let's go the whole hog. Um, <laughs> still quite incredible. Still quite incredible that we are of this opinion. Um, I'll bring up the point again. The Cowboys didn't have a kicker on the Friday before the season started. Technically, there was no kicker on the roster. <laughs> Any anybody could have phoned Brett Hart, Brett Maher on the Friday night and said. Hi Brett, do you fancy a two-year contract? And he could have been off. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's just the way the kicking game goes. Um, two field goals, a long of fifty-three. It's open and shut case, um, and the three extra points. Um, he's fantastic, and he's having a fantastic season. And let's face it, he'll probably end up in the Pro Bowl. Um, because he's America's team's kicker, um, you know you might you might get you might get the kicker from the northeast who plays in green, but um, you never know. He he could well be the NFC kicker. Um, you know, did, did, did we we all kind of got a little bit of egg, egg on our faces, and I mean just everybody in the whole of the Cowboys realm because all the talk coming out of training camp was that he was he was. The best of a bad fall. <laughs> now he's yeah. like, he's yeah. like he, he's, he, he could nail some of these with his eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said of was it two seasons ago or last season? I said of Brett Maher that he would he would nail the fifty yarder and miss the extra point. And um, yeah. <laughs> but he seems to have just cut out. He cut. He's cut out all that uncertainty. Um, and he's having a superb season. Um, oh, the big Lebowski has chimed in. I'm hosting. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Good to see you. Um, is, this, is this one of these things now we can put we can put to rest that Lebowski isn't Graham? <laughs> <laughs> trying to start a fan club. Um, oh, thank you, thank you to everybody who commented tonight. Um, I think we on the hour and a half mark. I think it's time for us to pay the bills. Um, let's see who wants to 
entice somebody with booking through Cowboys experience? Jamie, let's hear it. Well, yeah, I think um, everybody knows we've got a great partnership with, with Cowboys experience and um, hosts of the I say hosts, um, sponsors of the podcast, um, Barry and his crew, really good friends of, of ours and, and Cowboys fan base around the world. So if you're going to go out and watch the Cowboys play, make sure you check out these guys for meet and greet, stadium tours, tailgate, game tickets, much more. Like, like Royal, if you've been keeping tabs with Paul, Darren and Mike Bo while they've been out there, it's absolutely fantastic meet players like Drew Pearson, Jane check DCC, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, everybody, just hit, hit them up. And when you do, just make sure that you um, you say that you've come from UK Cowboys, because if you do, what do we get, guys? You get, you get free, stuff. free stuff. It's literally just free stuff. And, uh, of course, we we saw that Paul met, was it Sam Williams? And who, who, was, who was the other player? Um, so um, uh, Tyler Smith was one of them. I think. I'm, I think yeah, that's right. Tyler Smith. Smith. Um, um, I think when Mike, I think Mike was out there this weekend and he was dropping messages. He met Drew Pearson, Jay Novacek, he, and he even he even wanted to sign. Um, something probably can't remember. He, he wanted to sign jersey from one of the from a Cowboys legend, and yes, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. Yeah, of course. For those who don't know, followers of Paul on Twitter, look out for the special that Paul is coming back with him because some of you may not know, Paul does have another GoPro. I don't know if he's found his, his original GoPro or he's, if he's been given another one, but the GoPro will certainly have loads of great footage. So make sure you keep your eyes out for that one. Um, he, was, he, was lo- he, was, he was loaned it from Bobby Belt. He so, got a loan of it. They are. Yep. They are. So, Lawrence, if you want speak, to talk us through our good friends. Yeah, so, speaking of Bobby Belt, you know, obviously check out these content creators, not only the Cowboys, we're talking Cowboys, um, the Cowboys break, uh, mix shots, uh, but you've also got Hanging with the Boys, Blogging the Boys, which obviously hosts. Um, Paul and Meg Murray's uh, The World's Team on a, on a Saturday. Um, some of us occasionally drop by and help out with that as well. You've got Skywalker Steel, you've got Pick Six Sports, you've got uh, KT's Fun Tweets, um, sorry, KT's Fun House, uh, Coffee with the Coach, uh, Big Game James, Law Nation. You know, check these guys out. Um, you know, it helps, helps pass my day when I'm at work. I've constantly got my headphones on and I'm listening to all these guys. So. Um, and it's developing your knowledge as well. And to close out the show, make sure you keep your eyes on all our social channels, on Facebook, on Twitter. Make sure you keep an eye out for the 2023 travel package. This is hot in the works. We have um, game day tickets. We have tours, meets and greets, and so much more ready for the 2023 season. We can't wait to share it with you. Um, make sure you join the Facebook group to be first to know all about it and on that note I will say goodbye to my two wide receivers who have managed to get me through the game, I am still here thankfully and you can, I still have a voice <laughs> the big Lebarski was shopping tonight, don't worry about it 
make sure you join the the pre-game show for the Jaguars on Thursday. Um, the the show on Thursday, 9 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you join Mike and, and the team for that. Um, on that note, guys, it's another win. 10 season, uh, 10 win season, uh, and we're on the brink of the playoffs. Any more to add on tonight's show? No, I think you know we got out. We got out there with a win. That's the main thing, and uh, onwards and upwards. Uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't nice, but we got a win, and we're. Like I say the playoffs are in touching distance now. There you are. The guys have summed it up. Make sure you join the team on Thursday, and we will see you next time.